This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Barbara Gray, and I was feeling a bit behind since my friends are getting engaged, but a guy just sent me a video of him humping a couch, and I'm sorry, marriage just isn't going to provide that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Brandy Posey, and God help me, I almost tweeted my last Jedi opinion. Oh, God. (laughs) I'm Tess Barker, and if I'm being honest, I have always loved the San Fernando Valley. (laughs) And this is Lady to Lady. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we. For everyone, that's the fucking best. Come on, baby, it's time to hang out with your favorite ladies. Ladies and ladies, ladies and ladies. Hi, everybody, welcome to the show. This is Lady to Lady, you dummies. <laughs> That's what you signed up for. That's what the whole theme song just said. Mm -hmm. So I hope you know what you're listening to. Uh, It's a podcast and it comes out every week on Wednesday. Yeah. (laughs) Hump day. Subscribe, review, all that shit. I'm I'm Brandy Posey. I'm Barbara. I'm Tess. And uh, we're here with an amazing guest this week. Let's just jump right into it with her. She's the founder of Lady Parts Justice, an amazing stand-up. Liz Winstead, everybody. Hi. Hi. She's wearing an amazing beanie uh, with it's beautiful gold ovaries in a Superman logo. That's right. Yeah, it's our logo, and people look at it and they're like, "All host of questions. Is that a Longhorn?" Oh my yeah, god! It looks like a ram. Sort right? Of. Are you a fan of a Texas situation? I'm like, no, it's a uterus. Yeah, <laughs> but you shouldn't mess with either. Yes, yes, exactly. Get out. Very true. Yes. Yeah. In fact, stay out of Texas. Stay out of uteruses. Stay out of uteruses in Texas specifically. It's mm-hmm. bad. Yes. Also, I just have bad hair. Beanies so, are great for that. Beanies are good. I just put it on. Deal with your roots later. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, the there role. are about three months out of the year, I'm in a beanie. Me for too. For related reasons. Oh. It's hard in California. You can't get away with it. Oh, I'm always cool. You got a light beanie. Yeah, I'll do beanie. I'll do cut off shorts with a beanie. Tell every douchey guy at the gym that. Yes. 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 You can get away with it. Yes. There's guys working out with beanies <sighs> yep. at the gym and you're like, are you trying to be badass at Equinox? Because you're failing. Like, go to the Gold's Gym in Venice. Or, yes. like, you're like, or, like, this fake guy trying to be, like, a badass, like, prison dude or something. Yeah, right. And Equinox. I'm like, I don't get it. Yes. At, Equinox. at Equinox. You're like, honey, the towels here have menthol in them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> your menthol towels and your beanie. Yeah. And you're like, you know, I could kick your ass. And it's like, uh, also... They're constantly just working on upper body shit, so they have these tiny calves, and it's just weird. Yeah, right. It's always legs. That's a guy problem in general. Is Mm -hmm. they they are too worried about the upper, and it's society's fault. Right. Yeah. We tell them that they need the biceps, so they focus on if they only have X amount of gym hours. But you got to distribute it. Also, because you're gonna have messed up knees if you're not working on your quads and your shit. Because like, if you truly would like to be healthy, Mm -hmm. maybe don't. Maybe maybe give your upper thighs some place to put all of the pressure, yeah, so that it's not all going on your knees. I mean, I know I look like I just work out constantly. I uh, yeah, I don't know what all this quad talk is. I don't know what's yeah. going on. The I mean, you're wearing you a beanie in college. That's right. I'm wearing a beanie. <laughs> I assume so you I came really, from the gym. It's so I totally came from Equinox. Do I, can you smell the menthol? <laughs> yes. Okay, got it. Aren't those the kind of beanies that guys usually wear where it's like literally barely hanging on to their head? It's yeah. like, it's just yeah. like a, it's almost like a condom just kind of like dripping off yeah. the back. Yeah. It's so weird. My theory is that it's covering a bald spot that their biceps are trying to balance oh. out. <laughs> yeah. Well, as we've yeah. established, I'm all for covering things up with a beanie. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it's all, I'm more, I'm honestly impressed. As mm-hmm. someone who gets sweaty often, I can't imagine doing it in a beanie. Oh, right. yeah. I know. Well, it probably gets them sweaty faster, which also makes them more impressive looking at the gym. And think mm. about what that beanie smells like. Ew. 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 
something like hasn't with... been washed. And yeah, in beanies it. are not a machine dry situation. Maybe it's a <laughs> no. gym beanie. Yeah, I think it probably is. Yeah, you know, they it probably have like a bag. shelf of. He's like gym beanie, my gym beanie, my club beanie, actually my fancy, my going out beanie, my nice beanie. Oh, this actually reminds me. I think I forget if we talked about, but when we talked about the flash mob that I put on, I had my boyfriend. He was posing. He had a sound system underneath a tarp, and I was like, pose as a homeless person, then turn on the song. And so, as part of his homeless person costume, I was like, just wear your beanie. And he goes, my nice. Beanie? Oh my god! <laughs> like, no, honey, you don't have a nice beanie. No one, <laughs> no. But can we just talk a little bit though? I was just about dressing up as a homeless person. That's a little. I'm not. Well, it wasn't. Dre- I would just. How him- down should I be with that? I'm not sure. I'm down. Okay, with it. maybe it wasn't as problematic as it sounds. I just wanted him to blend in with the Hollywood atmosphere so that it would be a surprise when the music started. I like that you wanted that when there's literally people in like fucking. Tickle Me Elmo costumes, and you're worried Sean's gonna stand out <laughs> just being, just standing on the sidewalk. Look, also, people just think he has a development deal anyway. It's like, yeah, you, yeah. you can't even tell Absolutely. you're in LA. It's like, are you, I'm sorry, do you need help or do you just have a development deal? And you're, what's happening? I mean, I wasn't trying to get him like any, you know, donations or anything. I just wanted him to be like discreet. Just I don't want right, him to blend in right. with, with Hollywood and Vine. These are the the details that I worry about. When I dressed up as Britney Spears for Halloween, I got fucking brown contacts. Do you think anyone noticed? No, no but you did. You knew. <laughs> yeah. No, I you know, know that did. shit. That is like, I love that element of detail. And so yeah. when you bring that to your work, like I'm super detail oriented, like when we yeah. do videos and stuff. And it's like, no one's going to notice that thing that's like on the coffee table. And I'm like, no, but I notice. Yeah, it's for you, you know. Yeah, because it makes a difference. It does make a difference. And it's almost like just because no one notices doesn't mean that they don't notice. Yes. If they subtly notice That's exactly right. If it's not there, it's like there's a weird space that should be filled with something on that table. Exactly. Now you'll be like, no, there's not because I took care of that space. I anticipated that space. Yes. Absolutely. 100%. That's like why when you can tell something is cheaply made, like a cheap lifetime movie or something because they're so often the set dressing is so bad because someone has yes. been so bad at that job yes. or not or no one got that job yeah so you're yeah. like you're right i wouldn't notice it normally but because it's there's nothing there yeah Changes that is bit. such a good point like whereas like i'm obsessed with the crown right now and like they had money on that show mm-hmm. like those backgrounds are filled in yeah i tried the crown no I, no i was just like crown. here's the deal either. it was just <laughs> slow and I just couldn't. And then I was like, what? What? I was like constantly like my neighbor was like, can you turn your TV down? I'm like, I can't. I can't. You have put on the subtitles. I understand. I can't put the subtitles on for someone speaking the, my language. I just, there's lines I draw for myself. I do it with British yeah. shows though because they do, I those do accents too. are very heavy. And I do it with The Bachelorette. <laughs> I just turned the channel yeah. for The Bachelor. <laughs> I just don't turn yeah, it on. Yeah, yeah. Contest to fuck marginal dudes is like not a good contest. I feel like that's a I'm dumb... I'm already living my life that way, so I don't yeah. need to watch it. No, and you want to know what? I can buy my own rose. Yeah, exactly. They're like... Make my own money. Buy my like own rose. You can get like 25 ro- roses for like 50 cents in LA. They're free. Conway. I like yeah. I can buy yes. my own rose. It'd be so fun to just show up and be like, I got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. Just stand in a mirror and go, here you go. I pick you. Every day. <laughs> that would be a nice luxury. Yeah. I yeah. remember watching a, a behind the scenes thing on Pamela Anderson once and she was like, I, I'll never forget this. She was like, one indulgence I have is I always have several dozens of roses delivered to my house every morning. And that's never left me as something Damn. that would really indicate like great wealth. <laughs> or self-care uh, yeah. I mean yeah it's like oh my self-care is watching videos of people punching Nazis on YouTube yeah. that is my self-care it's yeah, really and sure. although with net neutrality now it slows it down so yeah. you're like that's why I hate net neutrality because it's like takes forever now to like get your Nazi oh, getting punched video going yeah, yeah. exactly to, lo- to load it up yeah and then it just like starts yeah. it stops like right before it hits punch <laughs> like, no, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like a problem internet knows what it's doing that's right uh, That's the problem. I know. Yeah. I was just listening to an NPR thing about Alexa this morning. Ugh, yeah. Is she okay? She's okay. <laughs> We're probably not. Because um, they yeah. were like, yeah, she only wakes up when you say the word. Okay. We're That's not true. By that. I don't believe that. that. So she's always pass, quote unquote, passively listening. Mm-hmm. But then she wakes up. Which is a terrifying idea anyway of this yeah. thing waking up in your house. Uh, she wakes up. But when doesn't you say, she have to be listening to wake exactly. up? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So we're not buying it. No. I don't, I don't use Alexa. Neither do I. 
I was no. terrified of it. There's just yeah. one in our there's one in our um, kitchen, so I'm sure it's catching lots of weird conversations. Yeah. All yeah. The time. I was given one in a white elephant and it, it I plugged it in for about five minutes and then I told it that I was unplugging it just so it knew. But yeah. haven't we talked about how these are recording us anyway? Yeah. Does it matter? Everything yeah. is. Well, and yeah. that's what the guy at NPR eventually said. He was like, "Yeah, is it creepy?" But he was like, "What you don't understand is you've already submitted to like crazy levels of creepiness. Like yeah. this is just creepy Everywhere. in a kind of new way, right? But yeah. they already know everything about us. But they have yeah. to make it a woman too. Yeah, so true. Of course. Yeah, you know, just no. let's all get creeped out by the. Mm-hmm. Well, can you imagine how creepy if it was a man, though? <laughs> but yes, then, yes, we, I can. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, Alex. I walk the earth. Yes, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yes, yes, Liz. It would just be a, a guy named Alice. Like, what's up? What did you need? Or, or you, yes, don't, you don't need. Yes, you don't. Yes. yes, and if Channing Tatum did it, I would be into mm. it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be fun right. with that. They should let you because they used. To, I mean, we all use our phone for GPS now, but you used to be able to have like celebrity GPS voices. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, those are yeah. Kind of disturbing though. I, I never tried one. Stephen but... Colbert did it. I did. I used to. What was yeah. Stephen Colbert? Yeah. Was, yeah, it was. It was, but they would put in little jokes. And I was like, I don't need. Oh, that's. Jokes. Oh, you didn't like the jokes? No. Yeah, I, I would never, think I would like the jokes. I keep the voices turned off. I never want to hear my phone speak to me. Yeah, same here. Yeah, like sometimes I'll, I'll I talk to Siri a little bit. But. Um, let's talk about so the women's march is coming up this yeah. weekend. Yes. yes, I wonder how how big it's going to be. I mean, if, well, I don't I think, think it'll be as big as last year. But. I don't think it'll be as big, but I think there's like this new found again with Me Too and mm-hmm. everything else, and people, you know, reclaiming yet another space and doubling down on, mm-hmm. you know. People rallied last year because a sexual predator won the presidency. Yeah. Now we're rallying in year two because sexual predators run everything. Yep. And we are, it's no surprise to anybody walking around, you know, in female form. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, now it's just going to be this exhaustive explaining what patriarchy is and what right. white supremacy yeah. is and, and our truth and like the thing that we've been living our whole yeah, life so that's it yeah. you know it's like there's gonna be a backlash i'm like bitch this is the backlash what yeah. backlash are yeah. you kidding we are we're having it we are it yeah. Like, yeah. yeah give us some credit yeah, well, yeah. Think we're lashing out at yeah. it happened yeah. first yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so wild and you just listen to all of it and matt damon's whining why aren't you talking about the guys that aren't raping i'm like matt damon any day no one is mentioning yes. your name in the press is a good day yeah stop talking <laughs> Exactly. Mm-hmm. Jesus. What well, is like yeah. nobody was why are we talking about the guys that aren't raping? What do you think is all of everything since always? Yeah. Well also it's there's mostly no, you don't get a like, fucking cookie for not being a rapist. No, <laughs> or taking care of your children. Yes. It's like cat not in tree is not a news story. Like no. that is like the oldest time thing ever. Yeah. And why should you? Like no. you demand to be centered in stories even when it's not a, it's just unbelievable. It's it really is. Center me. Mm-hmm. Nah. <laughs> No, no, I think so. They're basically the Norma side. Desmond. It's like, honey, the silent pictures are over. Yeah, yeah, I, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, yeah, the films didn't get smaller. The assholes got bigger. Exactly, yes. <laughs> or something. I can't remember yeah. the exact line. It's about right. I, uh, what is the real line? It's um, uh, it's like the movies didn't. I get, didn't get smaller. Uh, the, the pictures, pictures got, got no. no damn it. <laughs> I, I never remember. It would have been a really funny <laughs> joke. Yeah. And I, yeah. No, you pulled it, it, you pulled it, it off. I think it works. Yeah, Let's yeah. just pretend I nailed it. <laughs> I think it's also important to go to the march just because it's like mm-hmm. every time I go, you do feel this sense of like, oh, God, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. You know, there are so many people it's who. It's good to reconnect. Yeah. yeah, it's good to reconnect and like see it. Obviously, we're online and we see everyone talking about stuff all the time. But to really be physically around that many people yeah. who mm-hmm. feel the same way, who like want change is like, oh. Okay, yeah. you need that recharge, I think, to yeah. keep going. The solidarity of the energy is really important. And also just, um, you know, it's part of the reason that we started Lady Parts Justice was because it was a lot of, I mean, I started out, I I, were, I was at The Daily Show, mm-hmm. and then I was at Air America Radio, and like, I would, we would try to do some stories, and they'd be, that's funny, but, and then I go, and then I want people to do this, you yeah. know, and they were like, you can't have a call to action. That's not the role of this place where, you know, and it's like, yeah. interesting. It was sort of true. Corporate yeah. media is not where you make change. Right. Yeah. And so after being place after place after place, I was feeling like an anger fluffer. You yeah. know, it was like, I was getting people all riled up. And then if you don't give somebody something to do with that energy, mm-hmm. then they're just going to feel, you're just going to feel really angry. And so to be able to say, especially to people in our community, writers mm-hmm. and performers and stuff, say, hey, do you want to go out on the road with us? We do a show. And then after the show, we have a talk back with 
an abortion provider and the activists who are on the ground, mm-hmm. and they tell our audience what they need, and then they sign up right there at the show. And That's then great. it gives mm-hmm. you a real sense of, oh, this is great because I didn't know where my community was. I want to help in this particular area. And now I'm going to get emails from people saying, we need you to rally here. We're all going to the Capitol here. Here's a day to write letters. And so if you're a busy person, especially with all of us, you know, people are comics and yeah. they, you know, and they're like, I can give this amount of time. What can I do for me to be able to say to my creative friends, hey, yeah. this is a thing you can do. You can like get everyone together and just write postcards to clinics, and that's great. You can get everybody together and join this hashtag because you know they're voting on this thing. And, mm-hmm. and it makes it really nice so that people can like live their lives – be themselves, yeah. do their work. It's like a meal plan for activism. You're totally. like, okay, I've got it set. I'm yes. ready. Yeah. Well, and yeah. without actionable things, I think a lot of people also go the route of just completely tuning out because they're like, what's the point of even knowing about anything? I can't do anything. Yeah. So I think having like realistic things that you can act on right. compels people to stay informed. And I think too, especially when it's like you see people who are, who like I have decided to make a shift where I'm taking all my comedy, but my activism is going to always be the piece where people can come and ask me, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And for people who see activists and they're like, I can't do that every day. Like my life can't yeah. be that to say your life doesn't have to be that. What I offer to you is mm-hmm. you have five minutes, 15 minutes, two hours a day, a week, a month. You tell me what you have yes. and I will and I will make it fulfilling for you. And then that's a really big load for people. They're just like, oh, thank you. And especially when it comes to your reproductive health and rights. I mean, like, if you don't have control over your autonomy, there's nobody, there's no course of action for you to have a future, right? Mm -hmm. It's your economic destiny. And if we don't center our own humanity and our own emancipation, nobody will, mm-hmm. right? And so people are like, well, why are they always talking about abortion? It's like because that is – it's a crucial it's so thing. Much. People yeah. run away from the word. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about it. Other people have had the narrative. And I'm just like, no, I just don't think so. I think that I need we need to switch it up and just start yeah. talking about it and normalizing it. Well, so many things and tied I think to it. It's yeah. not yeah. always about people that are like our age or in our position where we, you know, we have jobs and we have some sense of stability and we kind of it's we I, you know, I always think about like it's about when I was a teenager, like thank God for planned parenthood. Mm-hmm. I will always be so behind I mean they helped me and my friends so much. I mean, it's when you're a young person, Especially if you're a young person with like out financial with no financial, mm-hmm. but even if you have parents that just yeah. aren't cool with you, that is such a huge, yeah. huge thing. That immediate, I mean, that terrifies me. The idea of being a young person and not having that kind of control right. over your future. That's exactly right. And mm-hmm. people don't understand how far the assault is and how far it really goes. You know, and you live in small communities, rural communities, you oh, know, yeah. centers where yeah. nothing's available to you, and then you take it to the next level of like. Imagine being a trans kid who lives in Omaha, Nebraska, who needs mm-hmm. to get HRTs and can't. Mm-hmm. You know, the independent clinics and the Planned Parenthoods, like they're the ones that provide for them. So, yeah. um, and even just like this crazy assault on on a lot of people who terminate pregnancies, mm-hmm. they um, would like their fetal tissue to be donated for research. Mm-hmm. And now they're cutting all of that out, these crazy people. And it's like, if you have a loved one who has Parkinson's or MS or ALS, and you watch yeah. your research of your loved one's illness be diminished profoundly because some mm-hmm. fucking weirdo thinks that life begins in a fucking shower drain, like, we gotta, yeah. like, re- do a reset. Yeah. yeah. So, Absolutely. that's it. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> we're going to make it happen, guys. Yeah, we're just doing it, you guys. So, I think that, you know, we should just do what they say we're doing, which is, no, people will just get pregnant and then have abortions for the money so that the researchers, and I'm like, what are you even talking what about? No one is telling Yeah. No one's plan is that. No, no I, I mean, absolutely not. In their head, there's like, it's like one of those cartoon bags with a money sign on it. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so nuts. What yes. are you also, thinking? Like, I don't even, you know, I've had to take the plan B fill a few pill a few times in my life and then you're not stoked about it you're like i'm gonna feel like shit for the rest of the day yeah yeah but this obviously I, I weighed out the things and this makes more sense but you're not like hell yeah the fucking plan b i'm yeah. so but also people think the plan b pill is an abortion like I that know. is like a misnomer that's I crazy know. when so you crazy. can't have an abortion if you're not pregnant yeah right it's just birth control yes yeah and that's what's crazy and mm-hmm. that that went all the way to the supreme court and the and the women on the supreme court asked all the right questions but because there was so many men they still said oh you don't have to cover that in your birth control plan because it's an abortion and it's like but that's not like you just chose to not listen to science and facts i know i was walking my neighborhood the other day and um somebody has one of the signs you know that's like 
Black Lives Matter and, uh, you know, all uh, neighbors are welcome here. And it said science is real. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, God, I can't believe you have to put science is real. It's about just to remind just people. Just remind everyone science is real. It's kind of like words right. are good. Well, yeah. yes. I know. And, then, and, and because we're just living in this like apocalyptic right. moment, like shit's happening that like smart people don't even get on their radar for news. I mean, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, has been ordered by the HHS to ban seven words from their research, right? Words, evidence-based, science-based, fetus, transgender. Mm -hmm. uh, And you're like, so if scientists want evidence-based research on a transgender fetus, apparently you have to do charades? Yeah. What is happening? A little nickname? Yeah. (laughs) Just write your reports in wingdings. They'll never find out. Nobody will know. But like the fact that you literally work at the CDC and the the term (laughs) evidence-based and science-based can't be in your research. Yeah. That's insane. Can you imagine if people yeah. were like, okay, we're going to do comedy, but you can't say comedy or laugh or funny yes. or joke. Or good night or tip your waitress. Or, or, yeah. Yeah. or use a microphone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, <laughs> all of your, yeah, take away everything. God, I mean, I get, you know, as a writer, you get like, you know, like, this is what this piece is supposed to be. And this person fucked with it. And, you know, I, I get real self-important. Can you imagine if you were a scientist? At the no. CDC, and your boss is like, you can't use the word evidence anymore. But what's crazy is when you <laughs> start reading all this shit, like yeah. people at the EPA, mm-hmm. people in the State Department, everyone, yeah. because like the criteria for running these agencies is apparently give zero fucks about yeah. what they do, um, want to abolish it. Yeah. And uh, that's it. It's basically, you don't care, you don't know, just and you want to get rid of it. So, yeah, it's kind of nuts. We're living in crazy times, you y'all. Know have you guys, I kind of grew up like in like near a ranch, so like, I don't know if it's just a universal experience, but have you guys ever, like when you were a kid, taken an old car with like your brothers or boy, like just beat it up with a baseball bat? Like the Beyonce video? I've only, yeah, like that. <laughs> yes. yeah. I've only done it in a Street Fighter. Okay. <laughs> that looks fun. It is fun. But it's also like I think what is happening, what they're doing right now. Like they're just having so much. They're just gleefully be is just being destroyed. Like it's oh, like yeah. this yeah. weird cathartic, yeah, beating the shit out of the structure, just mm-hmm. d- destroying it for the sake of destroying. Yeah, it. yeah, because a black guy built it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yep. all right. Well, <laughs> we'll be back. We'll so be back. This is hilarious. We'll be right back, guys. <laughs> We're back on Lady to Lady. I'm Brandy. I'm Barbara. I'm Tess. And we're with Liz Winstead. I'm Liz Winstead. <laughs> and uh, we're going to ask you some very important, hard-hitting questions. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> You're ready. I am. I'm ready. I got my LaCroix. Okay. Fantastic. Who, what, where, when? Who, what, where, when? Who, what, where, when? Who, what, where, when? Why? All right. Who was your favorite teacher growing up? Mm, probably Sarah Sexton. She was an English teacher I had in high school. She was uh, like almost everyone's favorite teacher. Uh, she, uh, she Where did played you grow up? Minneapolis. Okay, right. Awesome. Yes. She she played Joni Mitchell Blue in her class. Oh, oh nice. Amazing. Good and teacher. She was a good teacher. She was like <laughs> feminist before like we kind mm-hmm. of really knew kind of how that was working out. And yeah. just like always had like great like – writers and it was good i loved her so sarah sexton she wins do you think of her as sarah sexton and not miss sexton or she let you call her sarah well she it's funny she was miss sexton but she kept in contact with so many people that like then as an adult you reintroduce yourself to her as sarah sexton right and so it was interesting too like have you guys had the experience where you've done Where you've done comedy and some old teachers have come and they're super cool. I've never no. had that. It's, it, that's pretty I great. I got an email from a, from, about my album from, a, uh, from an old teacher. Yeah. That was really awesome. That yeah. would trip me out. It was yeah. really great. I Because um, I, I go back and do comedy. Minneapolis is a great comedy town and I go back a lot. Yeah, it's and awesome. I have people come back. You know, teachers would come and they were like, you know, we love that. We think you're so great. And that's blah, so blah, awesome. And I was like, oh, wow. Frau Hogan. <laughs> look at you. Frau. <laughs> well, because she was the German it, teacher. Yes. She was my home. That's awesome. awesome. Teacher, yeah. <laughs> As an adult, some of the coolest people I know are teachers. Always. Absolutely. And librarians. Librarians yeah. for librarians sure. 
Libertarians are the most badass defenders of like the First Amendment and mm-hmm. everything, and they are the best. Shout out to Lindsey Cronk. It must <laughs> be listeners. It must be cool um, as a teacher. Like you said, like she was a feminist and you're saying like before, cause she probably couldn't be like in your face about right. it. But as a teacher and, and like teaching younger women who she can tell are like spitfires and mm-hmm. she gets to like influence them a little bit. Yeah. God, that must seeds. be such a cool feeling. Yeah. yeah. I remember exactly. I had a 10th grade English teacher named Miss Clark who ended up getting fired because she like refused to conform to the way that they wanted the teachers to be in the school. Like she would come in and like overalls and t-shirts and she was like i'm not wearing dresses they're uncomfortable i'm not wearing heels at a public it's not school they at public to... school whoa maryland public schools are intense um they're very intense um but yeah no they like and and she like changed the curriculum she gave us extra books she's like these are the books you guys are actually going to want to read you have to read these because i need to do this for class but like also read this stuff on the side and we'll relate them to each mm. other and like she she ended up like getting fired because she just kept standing up to them and stuff but and I, I always remember Mrs. clark being like hell yeah yeah, yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah, she was awesome. My favorite teacher was Mrs. Brannick, who actually died last year. But um, she actually was the opposite. Where like she was very influential in terms of like teaching us how to like do deep reads of like literature and find symbolism and things like that. But um, she was a total grammar, mm. like really, really strict about grammar, and that mm-hmm. has stuck with me. I thank her so much because because of that, I can always copy edit my own shit. Yeah, and like she really instilled that in me. Yeah, but very different, but not like a yeah, not. That yeah. was like my fifth grade teacher. She was super intense about writing, but now I like, yeah, I'm grateful for it. You should have one teacher that teaches you like not to fuck up your grammar. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm so I was so bad at grammar. Are you? Terrible. I never yeah. wrote a book, and so I learned a lot about grammar through my editors. I'm a big fan of an editor, yeah, um, yeah, and I learned a lot of stuff about yeah, like grammar that I did not even understand. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think I understand any of it. It's just like instilled in me. I mean, not that like it's perfect or something, but it's almost like it's music just in there. where you just kind of know. Yeah. It's a language that you, but that I think you it's, learn it's easier yeah. to learn as a kid. Of course. Yes. I think. Of course. Remember, yeah. Well, who's going to study that? Yeah. 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 Eighth grade was my grammar year. Miss Howard, another great English teacher. I had a lot of really good teachers, but me and this other girl, Cheryl, we were always the top one, two people in the class and we would have vocabulary quizzes every week and grammar quizzes every week. And we would just like race each other to see like who we were always one and two. I was so fucking competitive in that class. <laughs> Like, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, were, we were. It was always a given that we were always one and two. And this right. Miss Brennan was, or um, Howard. That was Miss Howard. Miss Brennan was another one. But like Miss Howard was just like taught. She she was the first the first best English teacher that I had. She was just like such a bad. God, I don't remember any of their names. Yeah, really. Some of them were cool. I don't. Yeah, I just have a bad memory. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can see. Her. I yeah. can see their faces, but I can't like. Remember I just their names. connected with teachers really early on because I just I, I think I'm I I still think that I'm like a 45 year old and I just haven't hit the age where I like coalesce with who I've always been in my soul, and like I always connected with my teachers like even in first grade I remember we we moved when at the end of fifth grade and when the last day of fifth grade my my art teacher in high or in elementary school was like my best friend. I loved her so much. I would go there after school every day uh, and just hang out with her until my mom could pick me up. And my, like, mom was waiting outside for me and then she came in and I was just hanging out in, like, Miss Baran's class and was just like, I don't want to move. This is, like, my best friend. And she, like, cried when I left. And it was like, we were bros. I, like, had a ceiling tile that I painted that was in her classroom. She, like, kept it up there. I wonder if it's still there. It might be. It might be. I would bring it. I would like bring in art that I did just to show her, and she'd like she like let me paint like all the backdrops for the school like plays and stuff. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, we were bros. That's awesome. Love teachers. Always have. Oh yeah. Shout out to teachers. <laughs> I don't know. I just like I shout out to teachers. Literally could t- talk about ten different ones. <laughs> <laughs> Liz, what age do you think you are? Like, what age do you think you are at your essence? Brandy's forty. That's an interesting. Yeah. Oh, I think that you know it's funny. I think that my essence is my age now. I'm 56. Mm-hmm. Have you always felt 56? No, I've I've always been super present in my age. Mm-hmm. So, but I've always been curious about older people for sure. Like I was, yeah. I would get bored with younger people sometimes when I was in my teens. Yeah, but for the most part, I feel like my essence is constantly changing based on information that I have, priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's things that I've achieved and done and and have moved on. And mm-hmm. so I feel like, you know, I don't know, I've always felt vital when I'm doing what I want to do. And so 
that part of it feels really great. And, you know, they tell you, they try to beat it out of you that as a person and especially as a woman who gets older, that yeah. your relevance is mm-hmm. um, going to be challenged constantly. But I feel like that's just ridiculous. And all, often, sure. like when I turned 50, it was kind of like, oh, I, I actually am more focused than ever. And I understand a lot of shit now that I would be like, when I would see women who I thought were really smart and they had like creepy husbands or were having affairs, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you just want to get your shit done and be, <laughs> yeah. and be in yeah. your power. And you're like, why don't you just go fuck young people? Because yeah. I'm busy doing this other thing. <laughs> so some yeah. of it feels like, oh, I get it. But yeah. so I don't know, because I've always, I've never felt like, Sometimes I felt like I wish I w- lived in a different era mm-hmm. where I could kick ass. I guess it's more like just what era? I, yeah. Um, I think, um, I think it would be have been really great to be around in like the early '60s mm-hmm. in in New York, and like when you know it's funny to watch Mad Men and go. There was a whole other situation. There's yeah. a whole other thing going on that there. wasn't quite captured in that Netflix show. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I think women trying to be writers and and also just women who were really smart were propping up the men who were coming before them. And the feminist movement was bore out of the anti-war movement. Mm-hmm. And there's old footage that you see of these women who were like talking about um, pay and that, and you see all these progressive men going get off the stage you cunt Mm -hmm. and just yelling at them and it's like there's a great movie called she's beautiful when she's angry i highly recommend everyone to watch it Mm -hmm. um that's about sort of that wave of feminism and coming forward and what it was like and um you know the different ways that we talk about how we come together and coalesce as women and then when you see the backlash from other women and all mm-hmm. of what, what all that means and how that has evolved and changed and it still exists, but like the myriad of ways that it's different now. It's really interesting. I mean, yeah, because cool. to be an outspoken feminist in that era, I mean, I think it takes, you have to be very brave in this era, I think, to be an outspoken yeah. feminist. But in that era, when you had even more societal pressure against yeah. you and mm-hmm. it was even more revolutionary. Yeah. Like, yeah, those were some, those were some awesome characters. Those were some awesome sure. times. Yeah. 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 Also, I totally would have been like topless. It would suck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I would have been just because I don't like crowds and I don't like mud. I like both. There you go. <laughs> Topless crowds and mud. That is you. Yeah. Is go. 100%. That is. I see the flower crown. it's not the same at Coachella, you know? Oh, no, Jesus, no, it's not. Not quite. Not, not quite. Everyone's Instagramming it. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. You can't be as topless in the area of Instagram. No, you can't. You can't be as anything present no. being the, the biggest. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> okay um what's your favorite thing to zone out to oh um you know it varies depending on the level of and the kind of thing that's like overwhelming me so when i check out it can be scrabble mm-hmm. mm. hours and hours of that mm-hmm. um it can just be like literally being with my dog on my couch mm-hmm. uh, and then it's also just like kind of everybody uh, cooking I love to yeah. cook so that to me is can be having six people who I normally don't get to have a conversation with having them over for dinner and cooking yeah. um, is a big thing and then just I just recently uh, I'm very bad at certain like giant pop culture phenomenon I pick it up about 15 years later afterwards and then I have no one to talk to about it <laughs> yeah. so my recent one is I just finished all the Harry Potters so now all I want to do is talk about Harry Potter all the time I read Harry Potter too late too okay and yeah. n- nobody yeah. wants to talk to me about it. they're like we did that where were you I do and that I was all like, the I time know. I like just yeah I'll finish like watching a show 15 years and I'm like okay yeah. this is what the zone I'm in yeah. what are you guys doing yeah. it's so true and so yeah. I'm like okay you know which house would I be in at Hogwarts <laughs> what do you, what the, do you the, think the you Harry are? Potter is kids I did the quiz you about it Gryffindor of course yeah. yeah, it's an evergreen though, Harry Potter. It's like you're not, that's yeah. not going to get old anytime. No, soon. but when you want to talk about it, people are like nobody yeah. cares where your patron is. Well, you kids know, care. No. Yeah, kids. but it's not like Anne of Green Gables or something. Like you're fine. No, Anne but that's Green Gables very evergreen. Is the yeah, shit. it is. Anne of Green Gables is. Oh, awesome. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. No, if you're Dude, listening to this right now, go Anne read Anne of Green Gables. Gables. Yes. It's awesome. Dude, I'm reading the biography right now on Laura Ingalls Wilder. Oh, like, I those was books. Obsessed with those books. Again, I'm from Minnesota. Oh, yeah, yeah about that i 
mean, mm-hmm. it is but, yeah. what a fascinating person. I know. Because she didn't get, she was poor. I mean, she wrote those books at 47 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And she just had like this column in the farm newspaper. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, those books were really like yummy when I was oh a kid. Oh my God. Yeah. So I loved great. those books. <laughs> I did tell. I love those yeah, books. Because awesome. it was such a fan. I don't know why it was such a fantasy to like live with nothing. Like that sounded. I, I would always like imagine. I don't know. Like it was so. Yeah. And then being snowed in for the whole winter yeah, and the way sense. they would prepare. It's... Yeah. I just lived it. And I was like, oh. Yeah. I mean, we were snowed. <laughs> it was Minnesota, but we did get out. Yeah. It wasn't like on a farm. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like when you have so many overwhel- responsibilities that it feels overwhelming, it'd be nice to be like, you know what? Just snow me in for a minute. So all I can do is just read the books that I've bought and haven't been able to get through. Well, yeah. and also too, yeah. like li- growing up in a pl- in the North uh, where there was four months out of the year where you got up in the dark and mm-hmm. then got out of school and it was dark. You know, there was a lot of dark. Yeah. And so you you – being in the snow, there's something so peaceful about having to be pitch black and walking in the cold and walking across a frozen lake and all you hear is the sound of your feet on snow. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a certain smell that goes along with that yeah. that is incredibly cathartic. It's pretty great. Mm-hmm. That sounds nice. It's really nice. Yeah, I love And from here, we got one day off. It was El Nino. How was that? Uh, it was dope. We all went to Denny's. Oh, good. And we went to my friend Linnea's house and smoked pot. Okay, that yeah. sounds great. That sounds right. That sounds right. That's a snow day in LA. Yeah. LA snow day. Nice. Very nice. I mean, LA, you know, going to ditching school to go to the beach was pretty dope. But seasons would have been nice. Seasons are nice. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely glad I grew up on them. Feels good. I know. I feel the glad same I way. Glad I grew up and glad I live in LA now. <laughs> yeah. Where'd you grow up? Salt Lake City. So oh, okay. yeah, it gets, it, I, I was definitely identifying with that going out and walking in the middle of the street at night when it's just totally blanketed with snow and everything's quiet Yeah, that's... and the lights are all glowing like under yeah, the snow. Yeah. It's so magical. It, it really is, is yeah. magical. Yeah. But Beautiful. it's not magical like shoveling the sidewalk the next morning and no, also driving, yeah. being terrified to drive anywhere. It yeah. definitely makes you appreciate your parents as you get older to be like, oh, you had to do so much bullshit whenever it snowed. I'm so sorry yes. <laughs> that I was just like, why does it snow more? I know. Like I'm trying to pay bills right now. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's, growing up here made me a little gilded because whenever we're on the East Coast, I'm like, I'm not driving. Yeah. I'm not doing anything. I'm not. Just pick me up. I'm cold. I'm not. Yeah. I'm just not. Yeah. I just kind of opt out of it completely because I just feel like I never got that skill set. That's okay. I mean, it's yeah. You own. don't want someone who doesn't know how to drive. And yeah. We appreciate it. it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Please, please don't drive. Please, please don't. You know what? Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, no. pat yourself on the back because okay, I feel yes. like that is a public service. Yeah. More people should be off the road okay, if they don't know how to agree. work the conditions. 100%. Absolutely. If pump the brakes. It's not part of your like literally like organic mm-hmm. being. Get the fuck out. I don't even know when you're supposed to do that. I know. Exactly. So, so just keep not driving. Yeah. yeah. Cool. You didn't like hydroplane as a teen and not panic. Yeah. Just oh, let I, it go. Well, that's go. another reason. I have a phobia because I hydro when it was raining really bad here, I actually was taking a night class at UCLA and when I was in high school and I, I hydroplaned off the sunset off ramp. My oh, car did a three sixty and then went halfway over that. And with pure adrenaline, I was seventeen years old. I pushed my car through the rain off of the off-ramp, and I pushed it into the driveway uh-uh. of that Holiday Inn. And I went into the bar, and I was soaking wet. And I just, like, all these people were just drinking. I was like, can I call my mom? I just got in an accident. Oh, man. And so that's also why I don't like driving in extreme weather. Well, you have yeah, a thing, enough. like bearing the lead. Yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> like a thing that totally comes up first. It. Right? I mean, I feel like I should have gotten over it by now, but it's just a phobia no. that lives with it's me. It's a primal part of you. It's yeah. like I had, I had the brakes go out in a car in college, and I'm a very bad passenger. I'm a very bad passenger. To the, I mean, it's been 15 years now at this point. But, like, I will – I pump the brakes next to me. Like, I love – I want to drive everywhere. I, like, absolutely want to drive everywhere myself. I get it. Yeah, I mean, you weren't and, in the car when the brakes went out, or oh, you were driving. She was, no, driving. I was. I was driving, and I saved us. Oh, I see. And but everyone else in the car, I specifically did not tell anybody else what was about to happen right. because I knew that they would all panic and make things harder on me. Oof. And I also didn't want them to tense up because I knew that if you tensed up, yeah, then you hurt yourself even more. So I was like, we're just going to crash, and they're not going to know. It'll be okay. <laughs> it's like legit, straight up went through my brain. Yeah. <laughs> But you did. I mean, yeah, I mean, we were fine, and it's just one of those things that it's like I need to be in control of that. Right. And like, I can, I can. I've gotten better, but like, especially. I mean, there's nothing worse than being in the fucking uh, with a bad driver in the passenger. It's a fucking. Oh, I it's hate bad drivers. Nightmare. It is so scary. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely remember a few times when I legitimately was like, I'm gonna die. 
It's happening yeah. soon. Like I've this. had like Lyft drivers that were definitely oh, on cocaine. Yeah. Like yeah. for yeah. sure. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I moved to New York, and I moved to New York in 1990, there was literally cab drivers who were clearly just like high on heroin and just be oh, like God. nodding off. Oh, and my like, God. Yeah. Got to get out of this car. Yeah. <laughs> Man, this guy I, I follow on Twitter posted this picture of um, last year on like New Year's. He found a car in the middle of the freeway, two guys asleep, two like drunk guys who Jesus. just stopped the car and fallen asleep. Oh, my Dude. God. Terrifying. Like in the middle of the in road? In the middle of the so road. fucked up. And oh, he, my God. He posted a picture of it. These two guys just like asleep and i was like what the fuck i've been fuck behind them. an asleep person yes fuck them so. fucking get thrown so in jail he had the pictures with the cops and yeah shit like no fuck all i got no patience no, for that no, shit. Fuck that shit. Shit. Uh-uh. Fucking it's the most lift. selfish shit especially you now you don't need yes. to be doing it no yet. it's yeah. so accessible it's like it's new year's mm-hmm. you fucking yeah. idiots yeah. know that you should lift somewhere what are you doing yeah. that's yeah. right play, pay the surge yeah no just saying Pay the surge or Netflix and chill. Those yeah. are your options. Those yeah. are your options. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Go for a walk. <laughs> if you must. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's a, it's I fucking scary. slept in my car before when I knew I shouldn't drive. I was oh, just like, yeah. I yeah. In my car I lots gonna, of times. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Just I've slept drive. in my car after Halloween, actually. I was went out with it. It was when I was single and I went out with another girlfriend and she brought home this skateboarder dude. And I was like, does this mean I can't crash on the car? She, she was like, yeah, dude, I live in a studio. You're shit out of luck. And I was like, okay. Damn. So oh my God. I, I went out and like crashed in my car and I was dressed up as Janice the Muppet that year. So I woke up and I, the street that I was parked on, there was a school there. So I woke up to like kids going to school and I had like one fake eyelash perpendicular <laughs> on my eye with still on terrorizing them from their beloved Janice (laughs) Janice doesn't feel good in the car mommy this is Janice and the cameras are off but Janice the Muppet that was in character yeah Yeah, I feel like like, fair that's a Muppet that's lived you know (laughs) 100%. Janice would be fucking naked. It would suck too. <laughs> she, so. she would Definitely. be topless. Definitely. Yeah. No question. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, okay. Let's do one more before okay. I go to break. Right. When are you the most creative? Oh, in the morning. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, yeah. so do you do like morning pages? Do you get up and do stuff? I do. I, well, because I mean, it started when I started producing TV and I had to get up. And mm-hmm. so my whole life change there was a lot of years where I didn't do stand up at all because it was just there was no way you could get up at six o'clock in the morning and then do a work all day and then do a show Mm -hmm. so I just went for like a nine year period where my body just readjusted because I was just had to be up in the morning and so I um I do a ton of work before 9 Mm a.m and then I can work really well till about three in the afternoon Hmm. And I feel then like three is I'm the dead. Cut off. And then it I'm is. dead. Like people yeah. who are like, oh, you know what? I write best at night, like around eleven. I'm no. like, who are you? Mm-mm. No, three is totally. And I don't even. I don't wake up. I don't get anything done before nine ever. But like three p.m. is always. I'm just like, this I'm is done. it. Nothing. Yeah. Such a sleepy time because it's it like is. about to get dark and you already had a day. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. So definitely morning for me. And Do you have like a morning routine? Well, I don't be, I mean, I get up in the, well, I get up and I read the news. Um, and so how I, I write my material, I get up and I read the news and I'll post a story on Facebook mm-hmm. and then I'll see how people react to the story. Like what are their just emotions about the story? And then I'll see a pattern of how people oh, feel or what parts of the story really hit them. Mm-hmm. And then I'll check in with myself to see what hit me. And then I'll write a joke about that and I'll put that joke on Twitter. And if I get 25 retweets in less than a minute, mm-hmm. I favorite it and then I put it in a document and then I alphabetize oh. the document. Oh. And so then I take the, that material to stage and then, then sometimes it becomes a setup. Sometimes it's the punchline which I have to build from mm-hmm. or build to. But it's great. So if you look at my <laughs> Twitter feed, you'll see that all of you my favorites your- are my own self. I look like a giant <laughs> narcissist. But it's only because <laughs> I use Twitter for Smart. this particular that is very thing. smart that is yeah. interesting great idea it's really i i tell everyone you. like especially because i write to the news like you yeah. know my act is really topical yeah and so it's it's really uh, so i'm always working with notes mm-hmm. and so but it's really nice to be able to go here's the this week thing that i want to work out yeah and so it's great it is amazing like i'll do a tweet that's just yeah like one line and then it'll become this whole like 10 minute thing mm-hmm. you know yeah. out, out of this one little mm-hmm. thought yes so. 
Oh, that's interesting. It's a yeah. great way to make it work for you too. Mm-hmm. Like, because Twitter is can be so maddening, and it's like to to make it the tool that it should be. Yes, is yeah. great. Yeah, because you're just writing <laughs> yeah. free shit all the time, and it's yeah. like, okay, well, how can I get the most out of this? And then you're also getting like mm-hmm. the asshole people at you too, which also add to your bit or right. how you want to talk about a story. So it's yeah. like. You know, this thing is happening by these crazy people. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's my take on them. Here's the sycophants that follow the stupid politicians, how they react. You know, and you're building just by existing and paying attention to the existence of your opinions. (laughs) Well, and I love that you're able to keep it creative by not taking like an emotional – well, I'm, no. When they try to shit on me, I'm always like, are you flirting with me? <laughs> you seem nice. There's nothing yeah. I love more than just fucking with somebody who's trying to fuck with you. Yeah. Well, especially the people who are like, you know, you, the Planned Parenthood baby killers. Are, and I was like, you know, if you should call the police instead of being on Twitter. If you know where there's a baby killing ring happening, you should. Yeah. This seems irresponsible of you. I'll help you. Yeah. Like, yeah, nobody wants any dead babies. No. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Dude, nobody wants of, that. recently, don't, this is not as dark as it sounds. Um, <laughs> recently, we I were busted driving, a ring. We were at a, a fucking, like, you know, in the five, they have those, like, produce stand yeah. resters. We were at one of those places, and I'm like, Sean was inside getting the food, and I was outside with our dogs, and this guy comes up to me, and he was like, hey, uh, is that your white car? And I was like, no. And he was like, okay, because there's a baby in there. And I was like, okay. What do you? Wow. But what? What do you want me to do about? It? Like, I hope they're okay. Right. I, I mean, yeah. what am I supposed to do about a baby? I mean, I mean, he was just telling you why he was asking. I think. I guess, but it was also like kind of like he wanted me to do something about. It. Like, well, what do you do? You're a woman. Take care of. It. Yeah, it kind of yeah. felt yeah. like that. I was just like, okay, well, yeah. Can it you- ain't my baby. I'm or like- you look like the kind of person that would leave a baby in a car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which one oh, was it? Which one yeah, was it? Like, uh, <laughs> uh, where? <laughs> yeah, I brought the dogs with me, but left the human child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some people would do that. So yes. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> uh, we'll be back in a second, y'all. We are back. I'm Tess. I'm Babs. I'm Brandy. And we're here with Liz. I'm here. Liz. Liz. And uh, (laughs) let's do some lady problems. If you have any, please send them to us at ladytolady at maximumfun.org. We love to hear from you, and we've gotten some really interesting ones lately, so send them our way. Lady. Lady problems. Lady. Lady problems. Lady problems, do you have them? Lady problems, do you have them? People have them. Here we go. Hi, ladies. I'm a big fan of the pod. Thank you. And was wondering if I could get a little insight from you three. Plus Liz. Uh, Recently, I have started a new job after a very depressing period of unemployment. But what I didn't know about the job before going in was that it was an extremely toxic working environment. In the first week, the man designated to train me started making slurs and derogatory comments about women, up to and including him muttering the C word at our female manager. This is a man that wrote this in. Mm-hmm. Yes. I just want to clarify that. On several occasions, I spoke up and confronted him about how unacceptable it is to use that kind of language in the workplace or in general. Since then, he has started to treat me poorly as, as he treats our female coworkers. What few women who are in the department are understandably quite distrustful of others and tend to keep to themselves. One of the women confided to me that the women I, re- that the women I replaced left because of these men's actions and derogatory remarks. The boys' club atmosphere is strong in the department. Nothing I say I'd like to be a part of. Nothing I can say, sorry, nothing I can say I'd like to be a part of. Since confronting him, uh, myself has done nothing positive. I reported these incidents and behaviors to HR, and our manager are currently awaiting their results. If I could leave this job now, I would, but I'm afraid my statements wouldn't be taken as seriously if I wasn't working there anymore. I feel bad about how much I just want to walk away from this place. Would I be a bad ally if I did nothing and... I did nothing I'm sorry. Would I be a bad ally if I did leave and nothing changed? Uh, Would dedicating myself to staying be a better choice? Is there anything else I can or could have done to make this situation better for my coworkers? Any advice would be greatly appreciated. I mean, I just hope that you're like chronicling it. Super important to write it down, chronicle it, talk to people about it. Um, Make, you know, going to HR that you're doing all the right things Mm -hmm. and it's really hard to remain in a toxic environment, but, um, you know, we're still living in that weird balance where people believe men more than they believe women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, if you're noticing it 
and and like the, the the culture is you're new at this job mm-hmm. and your superior finds it totally okay to use the c word to you cuz you're a dude that means that that's a comfortable thing in all aspects of that person's life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you got to push forward with it. And I think that if HR doesn't come forward, I would go public. I yeah. would just go public and say, look, I work at this place and do it. Because if you have proof of it and if you have mm-hmm. an ally that, you know, find somebody too who would come forward with you if that's the case. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's just got to change. How do you go yeah. public exactly with something like this? Like call the press, call your local okay. paper, right, right, call right. your local media and say, I work at this place. Mm-hmm. This is what's happening. Um, you know, and just remind people, it's always important to remind people that it's not just politicians in Hollywood, Absolutely. you know, and that's the whole thing. I always say, I will believe that there is true change when some person who works in an insurance company goes on a, to a convention and when yeah. that boss hits on her, she can report it and things get done, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I think that it's important to to notice it, see it. And, um, you know, you're a human being and you are an ally, but you're a human being who sees another human being violated. And Mm -hmm. that's where we want to be, you know? So you go and thank you for reporting it. Yeah, seriously. And thank you for, for standing by your principles and all that. And I mean, that, that fear of losing your job is of course at the heart of so much of this stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. whether you're one of the people that's being harassed or not. I mean, that's tricky because like, that's obviously your livelihood. Um, but it sounds like he's ready to go anyway. He's just wondering what the path is as far as and the other women left standing for up for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think just trust like you will. I know you were unemployed for a while before this, but like and maybe this is foolish, but like just trust like it will be OK. If you do the right thing, like you are going to find a new job. Hey, maybe one of these women that you're with is at a new company and is now going to be like, yeah, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'll get you an interview. That's right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. I get I, If you go public with it, I guarantee you there's going to be people that support you. And if you say like, I couldn't stay at the company because of this reason, people will, yeah. you know, give you opportunities. And, and, you know, just because you're the observer in the situation, it sounds like, and, and seeing this, that gives you the, the emotional, um, permission to have clarity about what you saw, you know, work with somebody on your narrative about it for sure. Like talk to somebody, right. make sure you have that timeline because mm-hmm. a credible narrator um, and, and an observer, you know, that's the whole thing is that what do you, ha- because if you're telling a story, you have nothing like, why would you bring this up if yeah. it wasn't true? Why would anybody, I mean, it's yeah. like, but also, yeah. Yeah. Why yeah. would any, I mean, yeah. Nobody brings it up, but you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah. like yeah, so often it. people look away. Mm-hmm. And so when it's so profound that your work environment, that you recognize that your work environment is unhealthy because it's unhealthy for the people around you, like that's a really cool person. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, you're obviously someone who has very strong beliefs and very good principles. And like that is an employable person. And that's someone everyone's lucky to have yeah, on absolutely. their team. So well, like, yeah, my friend Brian just said to me, you know, the good thing about this Me Too movement is that maybe we we can get rid of these assholes and the good dudes yes. can like get more jobs and like yeah. we get more good dudes in working with us and mm-hmm. you know yay yeah, yeah i think it is a good time for good dudes uh-huh so yeah. everyone's on the hunt for good dudes right now yeah, yeah exactly. on the hunt for good dudes <laughs> desperately <laughs> yeah that's right and yeah. also i will say as like a woman who when anything ever happens like this it's absolutely terrifying to speak up about for mm-hmm. obvious reasons like when someone else steps in for you and does that that is i mean you don't, don't even understand how much that means yeah. you know mm-hmm. to have it like means a lot to be like somebody is like willing to put themselves out there and do this and not and so that i can like not have to do it myself or you know not face the terror of the backlash or whatever yeah. because yeah. it also obviously you know people like you said believing women you know it's, is still it, rare these it validates days. your whole experience exactly val- like, the validation thank is you huge. <laughs> thank you for yeah. stepping in well yeah. like liz said we're still in a, mm-hmm. unfortunately the reality is that men are still believed yes uh in mm-hmm. much to a much larger degree than women it's a great yeah. way to use your privilege yeah, yeah. you know 100 yeah. percent. yeah that's a great uh, just in general that's a great way to like assuage any male guilt any of y'all have just, and also just offer yeah. up to the the when you've seen these observations at your job mm-hmm. like talk to the women and say i witnessed that if you want to go forward i will totally be uh, yes. i'll totally have your back and yes. support you and if you want to go forward just mm-hmm. know that like I don't want to take the center stage if you, mm-hmm. if you know, but it's your story to tell, but I'm here to co-sign on it for you too. So, mm-hmm. and yeah. And like you said, keep good records of like, write down everything yeah. that's happening and when it happened and who, mm-hmm. and make sure that you, you know, who is there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. For sure. 
That's a good one. Is there any, I mean, is that, it's illegal, right? Or whatever yeah. is what they're doing? Yeah. Or yeah. not? I don't know. Yeah. you. It, yeah. It's hostile work environment. You yeah. Know, yeah. You yeah. can't yeah. create a hostile yeah. work environment. Using slurs in the workplace is, yeah. is yeah. hostile yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's yeah. frowned upon. Right. Yeah. Perf- so. <laughs> legally frowned upon. Yeah. Yes. It's not for mad sure. men anymore. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's as desperate as some people want it to still be. Yes. Yeah. Um, on a lighter note, before we close out, Bab, should you show us that video? Oh, okay, great, great. Let's sh- let's sh- let's sit on a happy note. Oh my God, oh my God. Let's okay. This is set this. Up. We should warn you. This, this is explicit. Well, so so this is related to my opening joke for the show. Um, I just I matched with this guy on a dating app, and like he doesn't live in LA, but he was going to be coming here soon. I don't know, and he sent me a video of him humping a couch. <laughs> And naked, he, naked, <laughs> and he said, "This is how I'll pound you." <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really the funny. Stupidest shit. It's really what funny. A fucking idiot. He's fucking a couch. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. <gasps> fucking stupid. The level. I mean, he obviously set up his iPhone somewhere. So yeah. So basically, he like set up his iPhone across <laughs> the room, and it's just like a sliver of his ass humping and yeah. it, it's the funniest thing i've ever seen because i'm like what did you what do you think i'm getting out of this i mean the hubris the hubris <laughs> to do something like that he's committing <sighs> fucking I have, stupid. and he keeps asking if i he's like D- did you like that video he sent two uh-huh. of them <laughs> and i just Jeez. haven't responded because i think i'm like dying laughing and this guy just doesn't know i'm just showing him humping the couch to people now well that's a risk what you take. should say is no but a lot of my friends think it's hilarious <laughs> yes <laughs> That's exactly the answer. You're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the response. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to let him flounder. I think it's so funny. (laughs) Wise. Not even response. Keep sending me different different pieces of furniture that you're humping. Yeah. Garbaggio. Yeah. Wow. It's a garbage person. That's crazy. Um, (laughs) One thing I was going to say was, can we talk a little bit about our telethon so we can get people to watch it? I forgot to bring it up. I'm super bad at promoting things. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Let's do it. So, um, on February 1st, Live from a super secret location in Los mm-hmm. Angeles, we are doing a fundraiser for Lady Parts Justice, and it's a live stream telethon that you can tune into at LadyPartsJustice.com. Mm-hmm. And Sarah Silverman and I are hosting it. It's going to yeah. be really fun. And we have Rachel Great. Bloom, and we have Amy Brenneman, Baron Vaughn, mm-hmm. Guy Branham, um, Fuck yes. uh, Greg Proops, and the coolest thing that just happened is Mark Hamill is going to be yes. with us through the whole telethon yes. making crafts. And that we're going to be auctioning <laughs> off. Yes. Oh, awesome. awesome. Mark Hamill is going to be there just like all in for the whole cause. He's so That's fucking so cool. He's so him. great. That's yeah. Amazing. So it'll be awesome. at. Um, oh, my God. I want to craft that you can come. Skywalker Why? You, can come. you guys. Any sure. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So we have love to. Yeah. Come. So we only have like what's fun is we only have 50 tickets mm-hmm. um, to come and see it live because we wanted it to be intimate and we want people to feel safe so they could come yeah. because you get a lot of protesters and people who come and want to kill you when you do yeah. raise money to help abortion uh, sure. mm-hmm. providers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be really fun and we have people on the phones. We have games, comedy, craziness. Um, so so on February 1st. February 1st at mm-hmm. uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 mm-hmm. p.m. L.A. time. It's mm-hmm. two hours. It's going to be a gas. So does everybody go to the website? Go to the website go to web- and watch okay. it. And then, and then if for some reason, reason that's a shit show, you just can go to my Facebook and we'll be doing Facebook Live and it'll be on the website. But great. it's going to be like a whole big, really fun thing. That is thing. so that's cool. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tune in. Do you have like a goal that you're trying to hit for it? I think or? we're trying to hit 50K. Yeah. It's going to be a big thing. And we're, it benefits. Benefits Lady Parts Justice. Oh, so yeah. what it does is it benefits our work two things. We um, go out on the road and work with activists to help them use humor to unseat local politicians who are trying to do anything that has to do with um, curbing the autonomy of human beings and reproductive rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it also keeps our website is if like if you're like what is happening in this world in, when it comes to yeah. laws against anything to do with access to birth control and abortion, um, we have an interactive map on our website, and we keep that up daily, so you can go there, and then it tells you like where you can help, where you live. So mm-hmm. it's really great. So yeah, Fuck yeah, yeah. So uh, it, awesome. it benefits that. So and then in turn, we also provide aid and comfort to the providers because one of the reasons that this whole thing got started for me was I was doing benefits for Planned Parenthood and for these independent clinics, and then I would go visit the clinics, and they literally looked at me like I was. A unicorn, and they're like, 
why are you here? No one ever comes here. No yeah. one's ever nice to us. Right. And I, it just broke yeah, my heart. Yeah, you forget about that. They need somebody to show up and support. Yeah. Them. They're like the troops. They need entertainment. They, it's like, that's mm-hmm. exactly right. Yeah. And so, and also they need help with a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we do yeah. their yard work. We help that fix their so roofs. Cool. We bring together local contractors because a lot of times I think people don't remember or don't even know that like if, if a hardware store sells something to an abortion provider if mm-hmm. if the anti-choice people find out mm-hmm. they'll boycott their business mm-hmm. yeah. Jesus they'll Christ. follow their kids to school like it's yeah. insane mm-hmm. and so to be able to bring people together just so they can pay people to do the work that any small business needs it's astounding yeah. so trying to bust that stigma is crucial so that's what we do so the money goes to that pushing forward 2018 is a big year mm-hmm. for all of us mm-hmm. the election so we want to make sure that the yeah. right people get elected and we get rid of some of these fucking garbage humans mm-hmm. bye Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing all that work. Yeah, That's seriously. I mean, incredible. also, last question: Where do you get your energy? I mean, how do you? <laughs> how are you doing all of this as a human? Tess <laughs> asking somebody that is amazing. Yeah. You know what? I always say, like, you have to do pick the thing that wakes you up in the morning and keeps you up at night. And, and mm-hmm. work on that as the thing that drives you. And yeah. you'll get energy from it instead of it exhausting you. Mm-hmm. Don't try to do too much. You know, I support other people's work. Um, but, like, my big emotional focus is this. And so then when other people have stuff, I call myself the pack mule in their fight. You know, when someone's, like, really dedicated to LGBT stuff or immigration stuff, um, it's like, mm-hmm. I'll help set up chairs at your thing. I'll help yeah. fold whatever you need. That's like a mindless thing that I can do because you know the messaging on that. You're really good at that. So mm-hmm. you should be focusing on that and I'll just be the grunt who does yeah. grunty things. So you found your, it's like you found your thing that like, this yeah. is the thing that you're, you're an expert on. Yes. But yeah, mm-hmm. you're still available in most right. taxing ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. I think like keep that as your own rule and you'll always find, uh, mm-hmm. energy for it. Hell and yeah. Also when you yeah. see the results, that's why the sort of, um, ethereal just like signing a petition or retweeting a thing or sending money it doesn't give you that um emotional um joy yeah of tangibly dealing with people mm-hmm. and talking with people and mm-hmm. making their lives better and saying i see you and i thank you because you emancipate people every day yeah like it's incredible and there's so many small ways that you can do that just in your daily yeah. life like yeah. I, I started a thing two years ago where whenever i stay in hotels i collect all the little soaps and shampoos and stuff yeah and keep a giant bag in my house and then at the end of the year i put them all in little baggies and i just take them down to a woman's shelf yes that's amazing and it's the easiest thing mm-hmm. i dropped off 62 little baggies this year and like the f- I rode that high just for that thing that felt not. I, it, it took no yes. effort. It took absolutely mm-hmm. no effort. That's right. I spent no money doing it. It just was something that I just did. Yeah. The whole year long, and you just do it, and then it's and find those little things in your life. Well, and that's yeah. what I say to like mm-hmm. all my comic friends. It's like, hey, you guys, I can hook mm-hmm. you up with a clinic if you want. And four yeah. times a year, you want to like go visit them and tell them they're awesome or bring Mm -hmm. them snacks or, you know, just do it. And people like, yeah. And so building Mm -hmm. these pockets where it's like, I can do something four times a year. That's easy. Yeah. You know, it's like, great. And Mm -hmm. anybody listening, you can do it with your friends. Like we often, which is cool when you sign up for our mailing list, we hardly ever beg for money. We're bad at that, but Mm -hmm. we're always like, Hey, we're doing this action and you can do it with your friends. And it's some easy, fun thing. Like we all Mm -hmm. watched dirty dancing last year. Mm -hmm. And then we just talked about like what abortion was like. And so if everyone got together and then we called up Congress people and said, don't defund Planned Parenthood. So we had an action. We watched dirty dancing. And then when you revisit dirty dancing, you're like, holy, whoa, this is a movie made about a woman who needed to go have an abortion. So another woman learned her dance routine (laughs) so she could go have it. And you're like, Oh my God, I forgot that's what dirty dancing was about. By the way, the abortion stuff went way over my head as a kid. Yeah. I was just like, oh, Patrick yeah. Swayze yeah. is hot. Oh, yeah. she's just, totally. she's sick. That's what happened. Yeah. She's sick. sick as a kid. Yeah. yeah. But like, so there's all yeah. kinds of things that we try to give people ideas to get mm-hmm. together with their friends and like, totally take that opportunity to, you know, yeah. socialize with a purpose. And well, like we've do done, it. we've done commentary tracks to movies and then you, you give us money and, or you like donate and then you forward us a receipt. And we, we raised like five grand for Planned Parenthood two years ago. Yeah. And we did the ACLU last year. And it's yeah. like, yeah, that's like, it's, there's little yeah, easy Yeah, because it's like, it's easy. It's stuff. obviously the fun and easy thing for us to do, but it's just putting that little extra effort yeah. in. Yeah, too. it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And learning about the independent providers is really important. Planned yeah. Parenthood, everybody knows them. They, mm-hmm. um, we love them. We are constantly raising awareness and money for them. But like, 
knowing that in seven states there's only one provider and that provider is not yeah. a Planned Parenthood. So right. mm-hmm. if you are in Mississippi, you know, learning how to help. And they don't have the name recognition, yeah. right? So they don't. So it's like, oh, what happens to the Jackson Women's Health Center mm-hmm. unless people raise awareness and people learn about them? So, you mm-hmm. know. And probably not the legal resources that Planned Parenthood has. No, that's the whole thing is yeah. that we all know them. We love them because they're under attack and they mm-hmm. have a federation and they're national. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, I always, I like to say Planned Parenthood's like Trader Joe's Mm -hmm. and the independent clinics are like your local Mm co-op. And, um, so it's kind of like, we love them all, but let's think about that co-op because it's where a lot of people, you know, get their stuff too. So it's a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Check out Lady Parts Justice. I mean, you guys sound like you have so many resources Go to Lady Parts Justice, sign up for the mailing list. Yeah. You can like, literally we'll give you some stuff to do. That's easy, fun, and you'll feel good about yourself and make a difference in somebody's life. Absolutely. Hell yeah! That's all. That's all you can do. Thank oh, you. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Liz. Thanks hey, for coming thanks on. Hey, thanks you guys. It was so fun. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for doing the show, and we'll see you guys next week. And uh, also, we'll see you at the march on Saturday. Marching. Get your ass Bye-bye. out there. Bye. Can't get enough of us? Subscribe to our Patreon for exclusive bonus content, access to our first 100 episodes, and more. Go to Patreon.com/LadyToLady now to sign up. As little as a dollar a month keeps a roof over the glam cave and keeps you laughing, even when your coworkers stare. That's patreon.com slash lady to lady. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at lady to lady comedy. Join our Facebook group, Lady to Lady Podcasts, to chat with other fans about episodes or even post your own lady problems. Check out our website, ladytoladycomedy.com, for show notes, videos, and merch. And duh, follow our individual accounts, Babs Gray, Brandazzle, and Testify Barker for jokes and info and where you can see us perform live. And if you want to send us snacks, stickers, or a lock of your own hair, I don't know, whatever, our P.O. Box is 412-794-LOS. Angeles, California, 90041. And please, leave us a review on iTunes, but only if you like us. We love you. We love you. Bye. 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 Bye.